The World Anti-Doping Agency has long been criticized in the fight business as uh, an organization that conveniently loses results and test um, uh, urinalysis and things like this. Now, why is that? Why do they do that? Where does the money come from to operate the World Anti-Doping Agency? And why does U.S. You know, look to be the the. the it has killed the, so many careers in supercross has. and motocross. They need to be beat it. They need to pound. They need to pound sand and get the hell out. Yeah, kick That's rocks. It. Okay, so look for that entire article at Cycle News. They suck. Look for totally suck. Um, and they don't belong in our where sport. Where do we fall on the uh, topic? I think it's also. been well stated. I mean, we've, we've been, yeah, we suck. <laughs> <We've>, uh, <laughs> we, we continue to suck. Our next guest does not. He is Jason Griffin. Jason, thank you for uh, joining us uh, late. We had some technical issues. Uh, Jack was able to rescue the show, again, single-handedly. But uh, uh, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? I like it. I heard single-handedly. I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. Now I feel terrible. Oh, Thanks. Thanks man. So I, we, was, I know. I'm crying. I'm crying here, really. I'm going to slip a few in <laughs> on this. <laughs> Jason, it, it's, uh, it was it was a pleasure. You're a weirdo like me. You are a, a fan. You're you're all about motorcycles. It's awesome. And um, I knew you, there was something weird about you from the minute I saw you, and I like you. So... Uh, <laughs> I thought, so I was talking to you, and I didn't know who you were, and you're like, you never heard of me. And I go, nope. You've been on the show. Uh, no, you've never been on the show. Where, I thought you'd been on the show. Where have, you, where have you been? Where have you been? Where have you been? All my life. What? Uh, I, oh, gosh. This is the, I retired. I think I'm the only one-armed guy to ever get an AMA pro license. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, really? Give me one of those? What What? What arm are you missing? What arm are you His missing? His throttle arm. Um, uh, the, the throttle arm. No. The throttle side. Really? For a race fan, how does yeah. that work? Um, it works great. I guess I cut the handlebar off on the right side, so I got six more inches of trike, and everybody else, <laughs> I can run it in deep. You're <laughs> funny. <laughs> no, it's the truth, man. <laughs> so you're missing an arm, and I don't know, big deal. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's all the time we have. Uh, so. <laughs> and thanks for being on the show. Good night. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what did you think of Davenport? Be honest. Oh, it was also, it was good. I went up there. Um, Lance Jones, uh, two national number twenty threes ago before Kevin Anderson and uh, world famous Super uh, Jeffrey Carver, who now owns it. Um, I rode with him. Uh, he has helped me out in my career when uh, when I was racing when I was racing pro, and we just went up there and uh, we did the Bull Taco Astro thing. Right, right. It's, it's cool. Uh, I remember awesome. seeing you, dude. I remember seeing you. You had long hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Long hair, backpack. Still does. He probably still. Or did you get a haircut? No, not in twenty years. That's my tire money. Tire money. Make <laughs> <laughs> money on haircuts. So you went up there. The Bull Taco was actually the uh, the Astro was fun. Race was cool. It was really fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. Those guys built some really fast stuff, and we uh we 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 had a great we had a great time. We didn't make everything work and put everything together what we wanted to. But, that was uh, obvious. We did the yeah yeah. I know we got like I think we finished fifth. So, what but, the uh, heck, dude? I saw know. you straddling more front tires, uh, waiting for guys to be able to get their bikes started at the line, and I was frustrated for you guys because I know how hard the teams are working to to put a race together, and it's and it's yeah. it's challenging. Let's face it, tacos have never ever had a great history, but it's this team effort. I love the color concept. I love the way the bikes look. The fans do too. And when they're running, man, it's hard to beat them. Oh yeah, they, they, they put on a great show. We uh, we went down there and helped out Lance and uh, 
in, in Atlanta at the Dixie Speedway. And um, him, uh, Jackie Mitchell, uh, he does a Charlie, Charlie, um, gosh dang it. Roberts. Yeah, the class of 79. Yes, thank you. Oh, Charlie Roberts. <laughs> so I've been with him all weekend. Um, yeah, <laughs> there, uh, some of those guys are racing, and uh, we met a lot of other, a lot of other guys doing that sort of thing. But Davenport was cool. I would have brought a bike if I would have known it was that big and that fast. Well, sadly, you have to have two arms to race in Davenport. So, uh, what? Rules is rules, Jason. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that runs that, he's a real stickler is for the rules. Really? He's, and the rules, <laughs> yeah. He still allows me to come back. How about yeah. that? <laughs> Jason, it's 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 good to talk to you. This is what's interesting is your perspective, though. I think on 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 the teams because we saw more than just Boltacos running. What was your overall thought uh, on the competition uh, in various classes? What what did you think of the event? You know, I I didn't realize the history of it, and I, and I feel I'm kind of I'm a little embarrassed, kind of ignorant of the fact that I didn't know um, how. Uh, how long they've been running that event, and I'm like, and I'm thrilled because you know that's it's, it's a the flat track. It's a, it's a it's a dying sport, you know. You just got off of Michael Lock, off the phone, Michael Lock, and he's uh, you know, flat track. What little bit of time I've been in it since uh, gosh, I started racing in oh six, oh six or oh seven, and uh, it's um, you know, it comes in waves. It's went through a lot of changes, but that that race up there was cool, man. They had all they had to swap me all their old. Uh, those guys that had the old group of Harleys, they're all like 100 years old. I mean, <laughs> The bikes are the, are the guys. Yeah. yeah uh, the guys are pretty rough. The bikes are definitely 100 years old. <laughs> it's, it's, What's it's, interesting it's, is to get around those guys in the old leathers because they haven't washed the leathers in years. It does smell. And there's a certain... Oh, yeah. That's not certain, true. Actually... Certain scent. You know what? Those bikes are worth more than most of the bikes there. Some, there were a couple of bikes over oh, yeah. a quarter of a million dollars. Literally. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cash money. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Jason, yeah. we... That, the bike was awesome. It was, the, the, the Davenport thing was... Uh, that, that was amazing. We'll, we'll be back next year. I'm, uh, I've retired. I turned in my pro license. Oh, gosh. A couple years ago, it, uh, I just felt like it was time. Those kids are uh, a little younger than I am, and they're, uh, it, they're, they're, they're out for blood. There's no room for error. And I've, uh, the, 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 you know, I was amazed that I even got a pro license, that I went as far as I did with it. So I'm going to – we went to the X Games, and there's a uh, – uh, Chris Boone was my guy, and we went out there. So, so I'm going to be a hooligan racer. I'm going to find me an Indian, and I'm going to get an X-Games medal because I don't have one of those. That's awesome. I need one of those. You do. We're going to, we were out at, we were out at Sturgis um, right after that, and I was on the plane with uh, Cameron Brewer, who's Rolling Sands manager, and I was like, man, I would love to ride one of those. And God bless him, if he didn't text me when we landed, he said, meet me at the track at the half mile in two hours. Oh, wow. We're going to look at the Mount Rushmore. I swear to God. I was like, you know what? I said, time to get some payback. So we rode, uh, we rode the half mile, put it in the main, beat out about 30 guys. Um, everybody thought it was pretty cool. I started on the back row, uh, passed everybody and the last two guys for the transfer spot coming out of the corner, looking like I knew what I was doing for a change. Uh, that's so, cool. Um, <laughs> and then we went to the Buffalo Chip and Race there um, two days later. And they were like, here's a triumph. Try this out. I was like, that's cool. So. Uh, I was a little too, yeah, Rowan Sand is like a god. I mean, he, and you know, and the hooligans racing is really uh, taking off. It it's is. A deal, I think, you know, I thought it'd kind of fizzle by now, but it's it seems like it's uh, 
A lot of people it's, are finding it's a whole full on. Yeah, people are into it. It is, and it's paying. It I mean, yeah. there's yeah. The, if you're in the top five, you can make enough to make it worth getting out there. Top sure. five, top ten. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're I've I've put on we I started it in, in Mid Carolina Speedway in Nieces in South Carolina um, when I was well back in 06, 07. We raced there. That was my home track. Um, we someone started a club and started a series. We've been putting on races. Uh, me, Wayne McJunkin, uh, my dad, and a couple other guys, we started, we ran this Indian club for probably, I don't know, four or five years. We were trying to grow the sport. We're putting on races, you know, just like I put on bicycle races. I mean, I raced for U.S. Paralympics, um, done all that, and uh, we started putting on motorcycle races and the uh, just to keep the sport growing. If we don't do it, if we don't plug some kids in, there, 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 there won't be a future, and it's, it's really all about the kids. You know, that's what I think about. Vintage race, and I, I when I'm doing the riders meeting, I look out and I talk about. It. I'm like, you guys got to get somebody involved. Put somebody on a motorcycle. Put somebody yeah. younger than you, a 40 year old. Put them on a motorcycle. I mean, I know that's old, but the average age of my of my racer is 55. That's well, we had crazy. We had a couple you know? guys in their 70s. Yeah, we did. That, uh, was, that was totally cool, as far as I'm concerned. But it doesn't draw fans. Well, the, but the fan is old at that event, you know. Let's talk about AFT, Jason. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, we just had Michael Locke on, who's the CEO, as you know, of, of American Flat Track AFT. We were talking about the 16-rider uh, program for Premier Class. I, I know you could catch some of that. Uh, I think you could hear it where he's talking about the different tiers, an ABC tier that he's going to sell. What are your thoughts on that program? Do you think that's going to work? I know that there's a lot of naysaying, um, and change is always difficult. What do you think? I mean, you know, the, the, the people, we, AMA's been around for as long as I can remember. And, uh, you know, it, it was the only game in town. So now AFT's got it. Um, um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's good for the sport. If there's people watching TV, if there's people getting involved with it, right. it's a good thing. I don't, I don't know exactly. I heard it with the A, B, and C tiers. And that's cool. You know, everybody, everybody, everybody's got to make a living. So it's, uh, but, but. To, to run at the to run at the national level, you know, there's only there's only a handful of twins bikes out there. Right. A lot of your older engine builders from back in the seventies, like Eddie Atkins, Woody Kyle, and all those guys. A lot, you know, a lot of those guys are, are, are they're not. Uh, there's new sponsors coming in, and, and that's good. It's breathing life into the sport, but uh, it's um, you know, it's not cheap. It's not cheap by any means. No, it's a lot of money, what they're talking about. And and the the value is there if you have somebody that can go sell your program. I feel that the trouble is a lot of these programs are not well funded already. And they, um, it's a big ticket. It's a, it's a, the price tag is is high to be, to be able to put, to be able to, to participate in what they're talking about. So my concern is, is what if they don't sell it? What if they, of the 16 spots, that are going to be purchased by a team or rider for the super twin in 2020. What happens if they only sell half and the, and then where are they at and what happens? And I can see that happening, especially the first year, because as you know, as everybody knows, it's tough to bring in money. The OEMs are not going to do that. The OEMs are not going to buy not like the old days. Yeah. I mean, if, no, it, it, no, there, it, there's only a Harley factory team. There is no other. And they, as far as I've been alive in my, you know, minimal, minimal 10 years, there are no factories. Hondas came in and they left. Suzuki was involved for a little while. They built those thousands. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like motocross. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's just not. The Indians this year are 
you know, they built something that's truly amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, they're, they're freaking fast right out of the box. You know, every, get a couple of them. But everybody thinks that, that the Supercross is just killing it. But I can tell you, there's, there's some very, very, very high end teams in Supercross yeah. that are factory yeah. OEM support teams. Right. That are these okay. the factory team that are not funded, and I don't know if they're going to be back next year. I mean, well, it's, we'll it's, it's it's. I mean, they're well, going to be back in the industry, level. and I talked to them. No, they're done, and it's. Yeah, well, I'll tell you off air. It's just crazy. Let them, just let them keep up in the price and just pushing everybody out. Jason, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on the program. Uh, always, <laughs> people make a joke of this. Uh, obviously, you're busier than a the proverbial uh, uh, paper hanger. Uh, but, uh, you know, watching you get around that pit and, and help as many people as you did, you have my admiration. Cool. You ought to, you ought to see me race. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But um, <laughs> Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe. There, uh, there, there, there's this thing well, called YouTube. <laughs> well, videos. We'll, we'll have an amputee uh, pro race event just at the uh, at the Davenport event. How about that? I don't think he needs that. I think he's ready to race with everybody. <laughs> I think he's good. <laughs> no, it says right on my script, amputee race. Um, anyway, hey, God bless you, Jason. It was great to be able to watch you in action. I don't know how you keep that backpack on, but, dude, you were everywhere and and mo- you're motating rather well, and we appreciate your presence there. But more than anything, we appreciate you being in our sport. You got it, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys. J- JG, Jason Griffin, quick time out. You're listening to Pit Pass Motorways Racing Weekly. Perhaps we'll hear from Jesse Gass in our next segment. We'll see. Uh, Jesse from the United States Air Force getting ready to uh, undertake a trip to Florida, see if we can help those good folks down in the Bahamas recover from the tour, excuse me, the hurricane activity that has taken place over the last few days. Stay tuned. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.